Hello, beautiful people. Before we get started, I need to thank another Patreon patron. Thanks to Tammy Hansen. I don't know Tammy personally, but her Patreon profile tells me she's a big Doctor Who fan, and that makes her aces in my book, even though she likes Series 5 the best. Thank you, Tammy. Want to get thanked on the air? Just go to patreon.com slash originalcastpod and greet your new overlord, the original cast. There are a few tiers of patronage, but they all come with access to our bonus monthly podcast, The Original Cast, at the movies. Our pilot episode on Moulin Rouge is available on this feed so you can sample before you buy. A more exciting podcast never did in your ears exist. Again, patreon.com slash originalcastpod. All right, here's the show. No. What did you say? They go to sleep. And then they get another 24, okay, anyway. They, for like yeah. 100 years, and then they get another 24 hours for another 100 years. It's like the, it's like Wakanda. <laughs> <laughs> it is nothing like Wakanda. I know. I felt that's like really I was. Good, that's a good, no, no, good, no. You, get a, you get an A for effort, but an F for execution, because it is not, it is nothing like Wakanda. They're t- but in terms of their isolationism. <laughs> Please edit that this out. Is, no, I'm definitely leaving it in, but it's <laughs> yeah. nothing like Wakanda. No, I don't. Whenever my world falls apart, I never lose hope or lose heart. Whatever the form of the storm that may brew, not with you to lean on, darlings, you. Hello and welcome to The Original Cast, a podcast about original cast albums and the people who love them. I'm Patrick Flynn. My guest today is an actress and mom. That's definitely going to come up at some point. I would imagine it's Emma Jackson, everybody. Hello. Hi, Emma. Hi. How are you doing? I'm great. Good. It's nighttime on the internet. It is. We're here to talk about not a nighttime show. I don't know no. why I said that. I mean, it's a bright show. Happy it's a happy show. Yeah. It's a, a happy very show. daytime happy show. Yeah. I mean, somebody dies, but whatever. That's still pretty happy. Yeah. Because you're here to talk about. Brigadoon. What a day this has been. What a rare mood I'm in. Why, it's almost like being in love. There's a smile on my face for the whole human race. Why, it's almost like being in love. Brigadoon. So yes. this recording that you've chosen... Uh, is <laughs> it's the 1992 EMI Records complete yes. recording, right? Okay. Yes. Uh, it's sort of unclear whether in my research it's the first complete recording, but it seems to be at least the one that includes all the instrumental sections. I believe that that is the case. I know that's why my dad bought it mm-hmm. is because so all of this is my parents and family are all going to be very tight into this, but this is the recording that my dad played when we were kids. Uh, and the reason that he had it is the only recording available at the time that had all of the dance pieces. It still might be the only I, like I complete com- recording of the yes. show. Yeah, it, it's a and it's a studio recording mm-hmm. uh, from made in nineteen. Well, see, the CD says ninety two. Mm-hmm. The internet says ninety one. I don't know why, mm. but the internet is pretty universal that it's ninety one. <laughs> even though the CD that I hold in my hands <laughs> says ninety two. Must have been that it was recorded in '91 because I'm seeing that now at Number One Studio in Abbey Road for all of you, uh, all you Beatles fans yeah. out there. And uh, yes, I know they recorded in Studio Two primarily. Stop, stop yelling at your phones. Um, so how did so your dad seems mm-hmm. to be the answer? How did Brigadoon come into your life? So Brigadoon, I only exist because of Brigadoon. Oh, uh, yes. Gee, there's a 
That has never happened on the show before. <laughs> I yeah, I I this has to be my musical because I wouldn't exist without this musical. My parents met doing Brigadoon. Ah. Uh-huh. Wow. When? Uh 1974, the Brandywiners at Longwood Gardens. Are you serious with me right now? Production of Brigadoon. Where did your parents grow up? My dad grew up in Wilmington, Delaware. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> did, How you did you tell me that? No, I didn't. And my yeah. mom grew up in Philadelphia. <laughs> oh, I didn't know yes. that. What's your dad's name? Uh, Rob Rogers. Hi. Hello, Rob. <laughs> and also my aunt and uncle met during that doing that same production. My my father's sister met her husband uh, doing that production as well. There like, were probably like 20 people in that show that... I know, and your and your parents, <laughs> or at least I know their kids. I should Probably. say, good lord, Ted Meyerman had to be in that show somewhere. Anyway, yeah, I'm from Delaware too, Rob. Just in case, just for you, that moment was just for Rob uh, or Mr. Rogers. He'll be know. very happy. Yeah. All right. Well, they- <laughs> well, that's funny. Those are just yep. words I didn't expect to hear out of your mouth. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, were they in the chorus, or were they in parts, or were they? So there? my mom was a dancer, and my dad was also a dancer. Uh, yeah, they were both dance chorus. Uh, he was doing sword dance. And my mom was a fishmonger. Oh. Uh, it's all because of James Jameson, who my mom was taking ballet from at the time. My parents were professional dancers, mm. um, ultimately, uh, and James Jameson was doing was directing. And um, he had been in the original production. Oh, okay. So he he is this big Scottish dance champion who Agnes DeMille brought on board to teach everyone Scottish dancing in the original Broadway production. And so then when he directed it uh, in 1974, Agnes DeMille actually came and saw their production. Oh, it's a big deal. Oh, my Lord. Yeah. Comes down from the mountain. Yes, absolutely. And um, so, yeah, my parents met doing that show. Um, maybe a little bit of sparks at the closing cast party. Sure. And here we are. And here we are. <laughs> 40 years All later. these years later. <laughs> Sitting in my guest room. Yep. <laughs> Well, that's that's a great story. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. You win. You win best, best out of the show come into your life story. Well, and not just that, but like because of that, it, mm-hmm. it's very warm in my parents' hearts. So oh, my sure. dad would play it all the time when I was a kid. And he would talk about it. My dad is the kind of person who just makes you love things because he loves them so much. And, and so, yeah, I have very strong memories of running around our sunroom, acting out the entire thing from beginning to end. Just over and over and over again. <laughs> all the parts. Playing all the all, parts. Doing all the dances. Sure. Um, and, you know, my dad would be wandering by and be like, oh, wait, wait, wait. And wait this no, part, wait. this is, you know, this is what <laughs> it actually wait, would be like. And here's how you need to put the swords for the sword dance if you're going to really be accurate. And, yeah. <laughs> all right. Um, gosh, that's funny. That's such a funny story. Mm-hmm. That's really great. Yeah, this is a show. Because I'm sure you were thinking, why this one? You know what? <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, apologies, Rob. Um, no, no, I, no, was, no, I came prepared to defend this show. Okay, I'm I gonna, came I'm prepared say for something. you to hate it. I'm gonna say, okay, I don't hate it, <laughs> but that's mainly because I don't hate anything. I, no, that's not true either. Um, I, I have discovered mm-hmm. that Lerner and Lowe are not my cup of tea, sure. not just because of this show. Um, yeah. And it, my fair lady aside, it, it is like. Um, Paint Your Wagon mm-hmm. was a show that I got. I found the CD for like a dollar and I was like, oh, fun. Like, it's Paint Your Wagon. It's mm-hmm. kind of a silly, like, always a funny show to, to talk about. But 
I I I don't like their songs. I, okay. I think is what it comes down. To. Yeah. What which listening to this, I'd never heard it before. Mm-hmm. And one question I had, maybe you can actually answer this because you may have, have you heard other recordings of it. Yeah, I've heard I've heard the like Hollywood one. Okay, this that actually which may actually help. So mm-hmm. this is a studio recording, as I mm-hmm. said, which has uh, two Broadway heavyweights in it. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my all time favorites, Judy Kay. Uh, playing Meg, and Rebecca Luker is Fiona. Uh, she of for people our age anyway, The Secret Garden. And what's but what's problematic about a lot of studio albums, especially ones from like EMI and more like prestigious labels, is most of the vocalists are cast because they're vocalists. Mm-hmm. So it sounds mm-hmm. more like an opera recording mm-hmm. than a Broadway show recording. Mm-hmm. And the orchestrations, which are lovely, are usually grander mm-hmm. than the Broadway orchestrations because you have, I mean, Studio One at Abbey Road, for those who don't know, is a cavern. It's the classical or, uh, classical music studio, the orchestra studio. You could fit a whole symphonic orchestra inside of it. And a Broadway pit is not that big. So they don't, they tend to have more violins and more pieces and more instruments. So this sounded indistinguishable to me from like many Gilbert and Sullivan recordings I've heard mm-hmm. in terms of this like, there's this huge, the Ambrosian singers, or these, this huge chorus that would never be on the stage. And it's this huge orchestra and it just really bored the crap out of me. <laughs> Except for some very notable moments. But it was like, I just sat there listening to this thing and just going, I don't, I don't, I don't know. And I didn't hate it. Mm. I don't, I don't want to go that far. There was certainly not without, I mean, you know, it it contains its own, it's, uh, what is, what's the song called? I was just about to say Which one? Almost like being in love. I mean, it's just like, is a absolute standard. I think I'd never heard a man sing it before. Uh That was really interesting. Uh, Because that's who's supposed to sing it, obviously. Um, Before we go too far, though, into this thing, we should probably back up a half step and say, could you summarize the plot of Brigadoon for the crowd? Okay. A summary of the plot of Brigadoon. (laughs) By Emma Jackson. By Emma Jackson. (laughs) In second grade. That would be second grade is when I would be really into this. I should have written a report. By Emma Roberts. A book group. Emma Rogers. Yep, that's right. Um, So... Two American dudes from New York, you know, hardened American New Yorkers, uh, go to Scotland uh, for a hunting vacation. And they get lost in the woods and stumble upon the town of Brigadoon, which is this um, enchanted town that only comes to existence in the in the rest of the world every 100 years. Right. So every 100 years, they wake up, it's the next day for them, but it's 100 years later for everybody else. And this happened because they were trying to protect the town from some kind of witch witches situation that was happening, something like that. Uh, yeah, that's really glossed over in yeah, a pretty serious No, way. it's not really very important to the plot. <laughs> and so they're kind of introduced to this, like, old-fashioned Scottishy town well, no, it is Scottish. It Scottish, is Scottish town, actual, not Scottishy. <laughs> I mean, in American it's productions, it's, yeah, oh gosh, yeah. <laughs> um, Scottish town, and it's someone's wedding day, and they're gonna get married, and there's a lot of songs about love, and one of the guys kind of starts falling for one of the single ladies of the town, and she's sort of falling for him. Uh, the wedding 
happens and the drama around the wedding is that um, Harry Beaton had been in love with the bride, but he's not getting married to the bride. And he decides that he is going to leave the town. This is the part of the plot where you need the rules of the world. The rules of the world are nobody can leave the town or everyone ceases to exist. Right. The magic spell is broken. So he can't leave. So then there's this wonderful chase scene, which was my favorite part to reenact when I was a kid. Um, where, now we're in act two. <laughs> where they're, they're chasing. I mean, that's a lot of love songs in act one. In act one. Just, act one is it's a lot oh of love gosh. songs. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Um, so then act two, they're chasing him. Um, depending on the version that you go with, mm -hmm. uh, one of the Americans trips him accidentally, maybe not accidentally. Mm -hmm. He falls, he hits his head, he dies, but he hasn't reached the border of the town. Right. So the town is saved. Uh, the men get together and decide, let's not ruin the wedding day. We'll kind of like not talk about the fact that he that died. Dead, right. But everybody finds out that he's dead. Um, like immediately, right? <laughs> immediately, immediately. <laughs> as soon as they get back. Like there's a plot. Like he says like, Will not like it's in the I don't it's know in the, the recording. I don't know he, the exact lyric, but it's like right. will not say what happened. Yeah. And then they get back and immediately um Just everybody imagine knows. Them, like carrying the body in <laughs> yeah, exactly. and trying to be like Casual. under a sheet and they're like, What? Nothing and just falls out of the sheet and it's like, Oh no. Okay. Um and something that you, you wouldn't know unless your dad was telling you while you were listening to the recording, is that there was a woman who was in love with Harry Beaton. Yeah. And she does this beautiful dance, like funeral dance dirge dance because right. she's broken hearted then everyone goes well that was really sad but like let's let it not ruin our lives they celebrate the rest of the wedding they like have a lot of fun um and the american falls further in love with fiona uh this is all still 24 hours oh it's like, all only one day it's yet. only yeah. one day and it's coming to the end of the day and it's kind of like well, we like really have something going. Uh, he's but he's engaged, by the way. Yes, he is. He's engaged to yes, a woman back in New York. Yes, um, that my was... favorite track on this CD. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's coming too in a second. Here. Um, so he's engaged to this woman back in New York, and it's kind of like, yeah, this isn't reasonable. You should go back to New York, and I should go back to sleep for the next hundred years, and like, because he's only a, he can only stay. If he stays forever. Well, but also he has to like be in love with her. Yeah. Totally and completely. And if he doubts even a there's something Is there's there is that a thing? Well, he seems to take he it seems to mean to think there's if a he's doubt. not hundred percent sure, it's not gonna work. Yeah. So he decides Oh, I never heard it that way. Yeah. That least that's what I took from it. I just took it as he has to be sure because because it's forever. It's I mean, forever. It's true. Once and then he, decides and then to he stay, can't leave forever. the town That's very ever true. again. Okay. So I think for him, you could mean it that way. Yeah. For him, he doesn't want to doubt because then he's he stuck forever. Right. You wake up the next morning and your whole well, life. Well, not only is, is he stuck forever, but if he he like he really can't because he, he really leaves, can't leave the town. Everything will stop to exist. Yeah. yeah. So he decides, no, I'm not going to stay, and he goes back to New York, and the town disappears, and he gets back to New York, and. <laughs> his fiance is like talking to him and everything she says triggers a memory <laughs> from well, hang, hang on. his skip, one day in something. Scotland. Not, not to, not oh, to, sorry. Not to, go not, ahead. So they go back to New York yeah. and then he goes to New Hampshire oh, yeah. for an undetermined amount of time, but yeah. not like a day. 
No, like his fiance and him and never hang time, out together. Right. He has they, not written his fiance from no. Scotland. He has not no. cabled. They go to great detail. The reason they, I say they this, go to great lengths to show that it wasn't a, a good relationship. It and wouldn't. Really, it was. She's like, well, you could have called. He's like, ah, I couldn't call. Well, you could have written. Well, I didn't know stamp. <laughs> well, you could have cabled. It was like, <laughs> he's been in New Hampshire for God knows how long. He's now back in New York at the bar, and yeah. she just like stumbles upon yeah. him they were supposed She's to like, get what married are you doing here i haven't heard from you and yeah they've really oh established like oh we're not supposed to root for this couple no and he's like super depressed and everything she says makes him think of right this there's other little reprises girl. that come in and... and then there's this like great moment where it's like the 1940s like gosh darn it right i have to go scotland and he calls his friend and he says like we're going to scotland and his friend's like okay and so they go back and they go back and of course it's not there right and he's like i'm such an idiot what was i thinking but then the mists and then you hear the chorus because he loves her so much because he really see like in all that time in new hampshire that he was pining (laughs) Uh, he loves her so much that it wakes up mr lundy from the town and he was the gatekeeper he's like kind of the yeah Yeah. and he leads him into the town in a way and that's that's the end and that's the end which apparently backers hated because it wasn't a slam bang big finale i gotta tell you i kind of hate it personally because it's very quiet it's very like you did it well, I don't. Hate, end. <laughs> I don't hate that about it. I like. A, I mean, it's 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 very unexpected. Yeah, yeah. But it's just so round. Like this show has a lot of filler mm-hmm. in it. I mean, I shouldn't say filler. That's not true. It has a lot of the the plot is the worst thing about this show to mm-hmm. me. Like it keeps getting in the way of what they want to do. Yeah, which is have a dance song musical. Yes. And they have to, they keep introducing these plot points to give them like another five minutes and then they have to resolve them. So like they have a guy who at the end of act one declares he's going to run out of the town and kill everybody. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. And now we're at intermission. Oh, fantastic. Mm -hmm. Come back to act two. They're chasing him and then he's dead. Very quickly. (laughs) Problem solved. And then we're going to go take his body back into town, but we don't want to tell anybody. Okay. And then they find out, but it's okay. Problem solved. And like, (laughs) we're just sort of like the problems just, they pile up just long enough to get us through the next song. Yeah. And then they go away. And the end is kind of like that to me where there's so many great endings. You could have him like, what I thought was going to happen was when he's, because of the dialogue, when he, when I took it, I said that he like, if he didn't believe enough, it wasn't going to work. Mm-hmm. I imagined him standing on the stage Trying and like them to. all fading away. And like, mm. you're kind of wondering like, is he going to go? Mm-hmm. And when he does, it'll be this great, like, Oh wow. Like he did actually love her enough. Yay. Mm-hmm. Musical over. But no, he decides not to go. That's another way to go. But then like, that should be the endings. Like he didn't go. Okay. You know, like, or even he goes to New Hampshire and then he comes back and it doesn't work. Like there's a lot of like, so the fact that a lot he of endings decides- that they kind of, <laughs> The fact that he decides to leave, but then he changes his mind and goes back. You don't like that part. I don't like the fact that he gets to go back. Yeah. I kind of like the idea. Because he makes the resolution where he's like, then I'll just stay there. Mm-hmm. And I kind of like, that's beautifully sad. Mm-hmm. That he would like go and sit in the Glen for the rest of his life. But like, there, there's something kind of... I feel like that's of, very, it's very, very Catholic of you. It is very Catholic You like prefer the purgatory version to the it redemption just feels so much version. more realistic. <laughs> redemption? No! Purgatory! But it's not redemption because they keep changing the rules to suit 
the story. Like it's just they 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 set these hard and fast rules for Brigadoon, and then he breaks it. Like and again, his I like, love is so yeah, big that I it breaks like, all the rules. Well, How more romantic could that be? I God, <laughs> but he knew her for a day. That's, <laughs> he knew her true. For a That's day, true. Literally a day, yeah. and not even a day, because this town doesn't like materialize around them they hear the music and mm-hmm. they go to the town already so the in town's progress. been in for like eight hours yeah. you know let's say six even <laughs> and you know it's just like okay dude like seriously i don't know anyway <laughs> well it let's is, remember it this was 1947 yes, 47 i was about to say that this is the sort of so learner and low had uh they we, just did oklahoma well no Rogers and Hammerstein did Oklahoma. Oh, right. Yeah, sorry. right. Yeah, mean, okay. Oklahoma had just happened. Agnes right. DeMille did Oklahoma. Yes. Yes, and she did. then came and did Brigadier. Yeah. What I was going to say is Lerner and Lowe had just had two shows mm-hmm. and that had done terribly, mm-hmm. uh, one of which closed out of town. And they went to see Oklahoma and Carousel, mm-hmm. both, uh, both Rogers and Hammerstein and both um, DeMille. Yeah. And decided they were going to do that show. They were going to do a book musical, this new thing that everybody was mm-hmm. all the rage. And so I do kind of forgive structurally <laughs> some of these issues, a lot of them being the like plot problem, plot mm-hmm. resolution, plot, because mm-hmm. the book is written by Alan J. Lerner, who was not really a playwright Mm-mm. and in my opinion, never really was even after that. I mean, the best book he ever wrote of a musical is My Fair Lady. And it is literally just like he, he grabbed George Bernard Shaw and transcribed it, <laughs> uh, which is fine. That's a legit way to go. But. It is, you know, it is just a lot of excuses for songs and dance. And that's okay. It just sort of gets kind of plotty at the end. if it makes you feel better, it says that both Lewis and DeMille found the original script excessively saccharine. And DeMille took a red pencil and crossed out whole sections, (laughs) suggesting that the authors that she felt that dance could tell the story better. She also thought he was not a playwright. Yeah, he wasn't. I don't. Yeah, so large. And and that is the one thing that is difficult in talking about this without having, without seeing it, Mm -hmm. which I, I mean, I have seen it, but is that there's also like all this other stuff happening just. There's a the lot of characters. Parts. There's a lot of like Lots you say. Of characters. Well, and like you say, the the character I believe her name. Let me see if I can if I'm guessing correctly. Maggie. Maggie. She's who performs fun. a funeral dance, which is oh. which is a, a piece I really liked on mm-hmm, this. Uh, mm-hmm. um, I must say, uh, she, is a, like all these little people in the town mm-hmm. have full plots, oh, and they're yeah. all and love, and... and and they're all love related plots. They're yes. all which is sort of the thing. <laughs> it's that thing of like you definitely tell they saw Oklahoma and Carousel, and we're like, oh, I get it, love stories. We just put love stories on top of love stories on top of love stories, it's and like that's love a, actually, and that's a show in 1947. And, right, and you go, that's not a show, but whatever. Again, I mean, the original <laughs> opened in 47, ran for almost 600 performances. Mm-hmm. It was a huge. Smash mm-hmm. and it, it, you know, deserves to be treated as such. And it's kind of an like what's so funny to me though is like I have this book here in front of us. This is mm-hmm. called It's a Hit, which is a huge, which is like a Broadway resource book that I love. So on this page here, you see Brigadoon. Mm-hmm. That's our cast picture from Brigadoon. I go back one page, uh-huh. and the show right before it is Finian's Rainbow. Yeah, <laughs> which is. A- like, well, this was the year. Which so, are very similar in setting, not at all in yeah. content or in anything. Else. But it's so funny that you have these two like huge hit. Scottish, Irish, British, like that whole British Isles thing. Well, this is the list of what was playing oh, sure. on Broadway that year. Hit it. Oklahoma, Carousel, Annie Get Your Gun, Finian's Rainbow, and, and Brigadoon. Yeah. They're not, I mean, people just wanted what they wanted. Yeah, they, well, the heart wants what it wants. Of, oh, God, don't say that. 
<laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, well, point taken. It is like, I, yeah, but of all those shows you just listed. <laughs> well, see, I shouldn't say. I don't know Finian's Rainbow, except I for How Are Things in Glockamora. <laughs> I don't know it at all. It's not a great, not a great song. I don't remember who wrote. Oh, Burton Lane and E.Y. Yarberg. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, Finian's Rainbow kind of ends up being the butt of a lot of jokes. Mm-hmm. It did run for almost uh, 200 more performances, though, than Finian's mm. Rainbow. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> Look, don't I that don't means. deny that the plot could be thicker. <laughs> Just better, I think, would be the thing. But Or, or this is something, though, that I always... And I, I, I do give them a lot of credit for, like really trying Mm -hmm. like this is clearly alan j lerner when i say that like i mean they saw these two shows and he went okay type 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 like this love (laughs) like seriously just piles love story on top of love story and it's rich like act one is actually really rich Mm -hmm. in that way act Mm -hmm. two when they try to put it all back together Mm -hmm. again it just it it caves in under its own weight a few times Mm -hmm. um the most confusing thing though about listening to it are these the fact that it's all set around a wedding, mm-hmm. but that couple is not our couple. No. <laughs> our couple. <laughs> They're not anybody's couple. Tommy and Fiona. <laughs> yeah. And they don't, I mean, they don't really get together till the till the end of mm-hmm. Act Two with mm-hmm. a song from this day on, which you may know, mm-hmm. uh, those of you listening at home. But it is like, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Tommy, uh, these two characters who get married, who, who are the characters who get married? Uh... Good question. Uh, well, there's Jeannie because of the song Jeannie's Moving Out. Oh, yes. Jeannie's packing up. Jeannie's moving out. Jeannie's packing up. Jeannie's moving out. And all the rules tonight will be she knows. Jeannie's packing up. Jeannie's moving out. Jeannie's packing up. Jeannie's moving out. And all the She's getting married. Charlie is the other one, I believe. Charlie. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'll go home with Bonnie Jean. That's, mm-hmm. this. That's yes. right. Okay. I used to have a hundred friends, but when we are wedded, the friendship ends. They never come to call. So farewell to you, one and all. Farewell to all the lads I knew. I'll see them again when they're married too. For soon across the green, I'll go home with Bonnie Jean. So Jeannie, Charlie, but like you'll notice. <laughs> They're not important. Well, you didn't either. It's no. a funny thing to me. Oh, no, wait a minute. It can't... Oh, yeah, it is Charlie. That's mm-hmm. right. Okay, because mm-hmm. Charlie sings. He sings that song about like not not dating other ladies anymore. Yeah, that's I'll Go Home with Bonnie Jean. Yes, that's the. <laughs> and he sings Come to Me, Bend to Me, which gets oh, reprised right. later at the end. That's I always the... skipped that one as a kid. It was so <laughs> slow. Because they told me I can't be hoardy Till wedding music starts playing To ease my longing There's nothing wrong in me Standing out here and saying Come to me, bend to me Kiss me Come to me, bend to me, kiss me. 
<laughs> only so much that one was too slow, slow for you? dancing like you can do <laughs> well it also comes i'm sort of looking up it comes in between genie's packing up right and the ballet <laughs> which i'm sure you love to jump around yeah to, so yeah. that's great uh i mean my... let's face it the best part is the chase scene and um the... if i were a kid yeah the chase and, would be and tremendous. meg brocky who's the comedic oh well yes she's she's fabulous. which was the other thing i was going to say has all is... these comedic lightning bits the big song that that's the, the two big she has two mm-hmm. big numbers one in each act great planning by the way that was a really good idea um, just to wake everybody back up both well, I mean, the town's I... been asleep for 100 years they need it uh the the second one is they're basically the same song almost like in terms of content a little bit like both, i'm a body last they're body double entendre kind of songs yeah. the love of my life her first one i think is great yeah. i think that's a fun yeah fun story about all the men she slept with by accident (laughs) (laughs) on her way to her and it is kind of like as i'm saying that out loud though it is a lot i'm just a girl who can't say no yeah oh yeah same it's just she's self-aware uh which ado eddie obviously isn't at 16 years i was blue and sad then father said i should find a lad so i set out to become a wife and found the real My second grade private school self, uh-huh. hearing her make jokes like at her parents' wedding, at the end of the song, she's been singing all about what happened on her parents' wedding day. Right. And at the end, she says, I ought to know because I, I was, was there. there. Right. Blew my little private school mind <laughs> that my parents were in a show where someone would say that. I. It was like later, the only thing that compares to that is when I was in high school and found out that my parents had seen and owned a copy of the original chorus line and i was like what you did why did why because they were living in new york as dancers no no but why did that blow your mind because i grew up so conservative that like that oh man like that just yeah like that that, your parents are conservative or that the the environment was i grew up in such an environment a conservative environment that the idea like these are these are the movies i was allowed to see as a kid okay white christmas sure the court jester okay bringing up baby I'm sensing a theme. Um, <laughs> you know, things you found on from, PBS. Yeah. Uh, uh, seven brides for seven brothers. You know, like that was Which my is childhood. A horrible. Movie. Oh, it is. It's, that one's the worst. <laughs> the worst. Yes. Apologies <laughs> to Evan Casey, whole, but yeah, he knows. That's a whole other. Uh, yeah. yeah. God. <laughs> but that, that, that's the environment. You know, so very, very clean. Very, you know, and so white. Yes, yes, definitely. <laughs> um, so yeah, so like to the to me, the the little body parts in the musical were like mind blowing. The way they would have been to maybe someone. I was going to say the you were really like in the right like, mindset. I was in for the, the right show. mindset like, oh, for that audience. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, apparently the original lyrics to that first mm-hmm. song you were talking about were so body that the actress singing them was embarrassed to sing the lyrics, so they had to change them to be less. <laughs> out there you know pamela Britton wouldn't have it yep i mean brigadoon is like a more dancey oklahoma 
It is. Well, it's it's like it's like Carousel without the focus to me. Like it's sort of. And I'm not a huge. I'm not a Carousel apologist mm-hmm. by any stretch of the imagination. But the score is gorgeous, and mm-hmm. and I, I I think that that you know that goes kind of without saying, but it has as as much dancing as mm-hmm. Carousel mm-hmm. does. But how many other shows have this many bagpipes? Very few. Uh, <laughs> that might be by design, though. I think I, I the bagpipe to, not wait, wait. being known for its indoor uh, I should pleasantness. let you know that my father is also a bagpiper. Sure. There's <laughs> so. a guy. There's a guy right here in Bethesda in Woodmont Triangle who, gosh, I mean, like, let's say twice a week mm-hmm. plays outside of Tasty Diner. He plays yeah. bagpipes. Yeah. Uh, and I love it. I love walking my son to school while he's playing bagpipes. Because to me, bagpipes are an outdoor yes. instrument. They're oh, they designed are. to travel over distance. Oh, that's true. And But indoors, bagpipes can knock you over like, oh. and can hurt. I, like, and I can't imagine playing them indoors, let alone listening to them. I mean, so, I was a teenager who was awakened by bagpipes in your indoors <laughs> if I slept too Jesus. long. Yeah, fun childhood. It was uh, really, really magical. <laughs> it would be on one level, like super magical. On another level, oh god, noisy. You'd also, what but did, did the drone wake you up before the actual pipe? Yeah, right. Did that here it comes. Here right. comes. Like, oh god, get up, get up, get up. He's warming them up. Where'd you grow up? In Georgia, north, oh, that's just northeast okay. of Atlanta. You, so you my parents moved down there uh, for for a gig. Never moved back. Mm. They they were dancing for Atlanta Ballet. And were you born down there? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yep. All right. Yep, yep. Um, but so the performance, but that makes Longwood Gardens perfect for this oh, show. Oh, sure. So you those know? of you who don't know, Longwood Gardens is, is a garden, as you would imagine. Uh, created by the DuPont. By the DuPont family, yes. Um, and they have a theater space that's outdoors. And mm-hmm. so they do they do Shakespeare and they do this theater company called the Brandywiners mm-hmm. does one or two musicals a year. Mm-hmm. I, don't quite, I mean, weather permitting. Is and the, for a while they did Brigadoon every 10 years. They had a kind of kind cycle. Of a playoff of like every hundred uh, years, eh? Eh? <laughs> every ten years. Yeah, and it's you know huge. Like you could you could hire a huge chorus. Oh gosh, and yeah. and I I know one year they had two bagpipes, but one year they only had one. But they were outdoors, so it's not a big so it's deal. Not a huge like deal. It's, it's, no. you know, it's not gonna. It's not gonna be all. actually just right. This this July and August, if you're in Delaware, they're doing the Music Man. As you might imagine. Directed by Bob <laughs> Kelly. Oh, I know Bob. Uh, such a choreograph by Jenny Torgerson. I got to get off his webpage. Um, <laughs> I know a lot of these people. So <laughs> that's the way Delaware works, as I'm sure you know. Um, y- yeah. So, it, but it is, you're, like you say, and as I felt, it is a lot more like Carousel than Oklahoma. Mm. But it kind of has Carousel's storytelling motifs of being more ballet and dance and using like long extended sequences to tell story and all like but oklahoma's weight of characters Mm because oklahoma has love story on love like oklahoma doesn't really have i was talking about this with with my wife earlier it doesn't really have a it has a main love story but it doesn't like have a like that's not the most time all the love stories in oklahoma are kind of given equal time it's Mm -hmm. just that Two people are in love with the same woman, and one of them's a sociopath, and so it gets more time. That like that love story gets a little more time, but it, it, it they all there, there's a couple there's a lot of people going through a lot of things. In Oklahoma, in Carousel, you have a much more streamlined. You have an A plot and a B plot, 
and then some other characters. But it's just these two. We're really going to talk about just this guy and the woman he hit so good. And they're going to dance it out. Like, you know what I mean? And then they're going to have a kid and they're going to and she's going to dance it out. And that's just kind of like that's the, yeah. the motif of it. And this sort of wants to have both. It wants to have all that dancing, which is I'm sure how they got Agnes DeMille involved mm-hmm. and all that score and that like uh, that comedy and that all yeah it just feels like it feels ultimately like too much in well, a book from a book standpoint I yeah mean, yeah what's funny so i i don't remember which which episode of the original cast i was listening to bef- before mm-hmm. um we talked about doing this but i remember it, you guys got like super into some feminist theory and i was like uh-oh <laughs> my, <laughs> my show is rigged in. Um, <laughs> well, I, well, but but so here's no, the thing. Yeah. So I started looking, like picking apart. If you're, what I like about the show is you have like all these different ideas about love, and what is like the best way to fall in love, and what is the be- like. There's waiting for my dearie, like which mm-hmm. is all about like not just going with whoever comes along, but like waiting for the right one, which was a great message for mm-hmm. a teenager sure. <laughs> to already know about. Sure. Um, and it also has that same Oklahoma dude, the the entitled, I was in love with someone and I don't get to have them, so I'm going to burn this place down right. guy that seems to be showing up more and more in the news these days. Just a few times, yeah. So, you know, those are important themes. Right. They're dealt with very succinctly. Um I think like now you could you could have like a whole two hour straight play about that guy. Yeah. Well, because the characters aren't they kind of pop in and out mm-hmm. when they're needed. Like mm-hmm. just like I'm mm-hmm. like the rules of the world right. pop in and out when they're needed. Like things aren't really. It's not written by a professional writer, like a company who's a writer. I mean, I understand he got paid, so he's technically a professional. But Alan J. Lerner is not a great yeah. script writer. Well, you're a playwright. It's not a playwright show. It's a dance show. That's true, but. It, it is purporting itself to be all these things. So is we it? Ha- yeah, I think so. So we have to evaluate okay, it as all these okay. things. I think it's really... Because it does have, accidentally or maybe on purpose, like I, when I say, like that end scene, mm-hmm. as problematic as it is from a structural standpoint when his fiance comes into the bar, <laughs> is actually a really great scene and mm-hmm. a really great intertwining of music and dialogue to take us to another place. And I like the fact that she keeps talking as the songs mm-hmm, come in and then mm-hmm. the songs overpower her and then they fade out and she's like, did and you hear what I said? And he's right. like, what? I'm, what? Oh, I didn't. And it really does a great job of putting you in his mind. Mm-hmm. So it has these moments in it mm-hmm. of like really quality storytelling. They were just working in towards it. <laughs> well, I just think it's also the thing of like, he didn't, he didn't quite understand how a story is structured, I don't think. So he just, like I say said we're just going to throw all that he was taking what he knew from mm-hmm. the old theater mm-hmm. and mixing it from what he saw in the new theater yeah. and came up with a hodgepodge that like on first examination looks exactly like the new theater but when you start to really dig into it you go oh like it wasn't there yet yeah and these characters like there are interesting moments that just mm-hmm. don't like that could be interesting mm-hmm. but like they would get in the way of like then the story would be four hours long so he's just going to hit his rock head yeah. on a rock and we're just going to move on with that because yeah. that is a really interesting problem for literally all of act two like what if like, they capture it is the best tidiest well then what do you do with him like if you captured him then you have to keep him alive right 
Because the one and guy not says, escape forever. The one like I don't know what character it is, but there's an elder gentleman when they find him dead. Who's like seriously, this was the best outcome. <laughs> we should all be grateful. And he's not wrong. No, and that's really interesting. <laughs> like, yeah. Because then what does yeah. it say about? And that's also that interesting thing of the fact that he's if he's gonna stay, he's gonna stay. And like, what does that mean for all these people? And mm-hmm. do these people get a say mm-hmm. in the fact that this guy wants to stay? Mm-hmm. And we have the built-in ticking clock of the fact that this whole thing is gonna disappear. And not come back for 100 years, which is prohibitively long for this guy. So we've got to make this, like, unbelievably long-term decision in about 10 minutes. So if you all could get out your pads, we'll vote, I guess. I don't know. Like, to me, that's a really interesting act, too. Mm -hmm. Is like, in the first act, you meet everybody. Mm -hmm. And it's all lovely and wonderful. And then one thing happens that ruins the magic. And we have to deal with it. Mm -hmm. And that's fun Mm -hmm. and interesting Mm -hmm. to me. And, but they wrap it up. But they don't do bad. that. Like, that's yeah. not the story they're telling. <laughs> I really, the only thing that confused me, it's, it's not that it was boring. It, actually, excuse me, it was boring. But that's not why it was boring to me. I don't mind, because it was rich mm-hmm. and it was lush, but I couldn't, it didn't stick with me. I like complete recordings of things. And I like that, I like that feel. Um, but it just felt very... It was like it was recorded boringly, almost. You know what I mean? Like, this is an orchestra that learned the music for the recording. These are singers who didn't really ever work on their characters. And unless you're Judy Kay or Rebecca Luker, you don't have the skills to, like, activate that mechanism. Or, I mean, Judy Kay also yeah. is, like, right in her wheelhouse as yeah. Meg Bro- uh, Brocky. She's yeah. just like, that is where she eats. And I absolutely love it. Um, and Rebecca Luker's got a gorgeous voice. So it just, there were moments of like, especially the ensemble numbers or the pieces where you heard individual singers sing, where it just felt like one of those album tracks from Gilbert and Sullivan that you don't know, even though you've heard the song a thousand times, like the album a thousand times. It just felt very British and like dignified and (laughs) generic. And we were out. And it just, as a result, the whole album took on this kind of like sleepy quality to it for me. Yeah. I know. I totally agree with you. I mean, I when I brushed the dust off of it to listen to it before we came back. Um, You know, what I was realizing was that a lot of the excitement I feel, because I do, like when I hear Mm -hmm. that like opening songs, I'm like, yeah. But a lot of that is my eight-year-old self acting it out, right? And the feeling of, and, and I think this also comes with, I inherited this album from someone who was in it. Oh, sure. Right? So there's all this excitement from like what it was like to be in it, not only be in it, but to be falling in love during it and all this other stuff. Yeah. And then as a kid to be in it and and it, it, it kind of made me, I, this may be a major non sequitur, but it kind of made me think of the concept of like plays that the writer hates, but the audience loves mm-hmm. or, or plays that audience hates, but like actors love, mm-hmm. you know, like... Um, Maybe, you, I, you know, is it possible, it's very possible that you love this play because either you like Scottish stuff or you're like super romantic for the 40s or you, you know, love the Brandywiners and whatever. Um, I think, yeah, as a whole, eh, it's a, it's <laughs> eh. Yeah, totally. I will give you that. <laughs> it is meant to be seen. It is not like one of the the problems with evaluating any musical or a play, you know, or whatever, mm-hmm. is that from the script or a musical from the CD, is they're meant to be performed. They're not meant to be sat and listened to. They're not 
orchestral pieces. Well, that would be the argument for theater always going to exist no matter how much recording equipment and television and movies we have is there there are going to be experiences that it's just nice to sit in the gardens and listen to the music and Mm -hmm. see the people dancing and maybe the story doesn't and this is okay this is somebody who's not a musical theater actor this is <laughs> at all like i don't do musicals and i'm sitting here saying like maybe you just want to sit and listen to some music and drink your wine and not get real sure. deep into not get real deep into it every now and then sure. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that no i don't think there's anything wrong but with yeah it either. just sit and listen to it Eh. Yeah, maybe the, while you're doing dishes, you know. Well, I did. Like, a, I mean, like I said, I listened to a couple times. I did a lot of things while I was listening to this, <laughs> but I had that experience that I sometimes have with certain shows, and this is not just older shows, but but mm. current ones too, where I, I kind of forgot where I was. Like I mm. zoned out from it for a mm-hmm. while, and it didn't. It never held my interest in that way. Uh, where I was like, I had the kind of clinging on, and then, but like you say, like songs pop up, and you're like, oh, and you're you're shaken out of your 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 doldrums, and you're back in, and it, it yeah, it was just it felt kind of like a missed opportunity to me a lot, like not not the record, partially the recording, um, but but more the show. Like, there's a lot of good stuff in there. As I read the synopsis online, and I was kind of digging into it a little bit, I'm like, there's some good ideas in here. It's just too bad they don't go anywhere. <laughs> like, they just sort of are introduced. And then immediately dismissed without any kind of regard. And the math is tricky, right? Because like you, you get Fiona in the beginning. You know, there's this lovely, wonderful single lady who'd mm-hmm. love to get married someday. She lives in this one tiny town. Like she's probably dated everybody who exists in the town. I had so the only the only answer can be the guy from outside that you're supposed to root for, but they've only been to, they're only going to know each other for a day, and you already know that. So I think. That might be part of the challenge is that you're setting up a love story that's like, and maybe some people love that, is like, it's, it cannot be. How will it work out? Yeah, it's, you're right. It is, it is pure escapism. And the, what, which is one of the reasons that the more you pick it apart, the more it falls apart. Oh, sure. Because it's not designed for that. No. I, I will say, since you've been saying that, if I'm to give Mr. Lerner, the benefit of the doubt. One thing the ending does do is in the time of 1947, mm-hmm. in this new musical form mm-hmm. that audiences were not yet accustomed to, when the thing fades away and then we have another scene, the audience would genuinely not have known how the show was going to end. No. They genuinely would not have known. It because, would have been pretty shocking. Yeah, because like, I mean, especially with Carousel, like kicking the, kicking the, 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 like, the thing down the road story structure wise a a lot i think you really would have had a lot of people in the audience not knowing if they were going to get together again or not and then even when they go back to scotland like not knowing so i'm sure like the ending was tremendous for Mm -hmm. the audience at at the time Mm -hmm. it would have been groundbreaking like it would have been shocking finale uh i still don't think it's good but (laughs) it is like that and that's me giving him like the ultimate sure (laughs) ultimate benefit of the doubt and it is you know, it's a bold choice. I do yeah. not want to do, like like in in a in a poorly structured story. It is a very bold choice to end a musical that way, yeah. and it, it, ending with that. Like I say, that scene right at the end is one of my favorite parts of this recording because it is a beautiful integration of. I love reprises can be unbelievably stupid, or just and it would have been common in a show like this. To like, mm-hmm. you would have expected 
it's almost like being in love to mm-hmm. be the reprise. That is never reprised. Mm-hmm. It is sung once at the end of Act... Tor- I should say, I keep saying at the end, towards the end of Act <laughs> 1. The end of Act 1 is very long. Um, but the songs that people sing, you know, that you get from this day on, that's the song that gets reprised in that little cluster. Come to Me, Bend to Me, which is uh, Charlie's song. Heather on the Hill... Uh, which is him and Fiona, right? Mm-hmm. Tommy Fiona. That's their first one where they're gathering Heather. And then, who's not a person, it's a... It's a, a flower. Flower. There well, we go. shrub? Yeah, it, it, yeah, it's sort you of know. somewhere in between. A fl- yeah, they're, they're, they're trying to get a lot of it. Um, and then from this day on. And so it is like, it's a very interesting scene. It's... Yeah, I don't know. It's just it's, it gets kind of messy for me. It but, doesn't do it for me. But here I I'm 38. I heard this for yeah. the first time. Yeah. Today, you know, or yesterday. Yeah. Like it's not. This is not my thing. I'm coming at it with all this knowledge and all this information <laughs> and my general dislike of Learner and Low. So it's like it's super weighted <laughs> against against them. Uh, but yeah, like you say, for what it's like intended to do, it didn't kick the. It didn't. I don't think it forwarded the development of musical theater as an art form in the 40s except for the fact that it was another successful book musical mm-hmm. that ran for over 500 performances which at the time would have been an unbelievably long run so yeah it did you know it does well for itself i just like imagining because this part isn't in in the play you know he went with his friend and so he goes, <laughs> he goes. it like it fades doing. out right. and now his friend is just standing in the middle of nowhere in scotland by himself. by himself, he probably walks to a pub, gets right. a beer. Well, like you would. Gets on the plane, goes back to New York. <laughs> what end. does Jeff do? I really yeah. want to know what Jeff does. Like in the show, I want to know uh, what Jeff does. He's not like a writer or something. He's like. But no, no, no. I don't mean like for a living. Oh. I mean like what is he doing while this is all going? Except for he's tripping. Standing there. Uh, uh, hunting, hiking. Except for tripping Harry. Like I don't quite get. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a Dave Matthews song. I, I don't quite know what yeah. he does. I'm very interested. Like, what's Jeff doing? Jeffrey? And you know what? I'm sure if you were watching it, he's doing stuff in oh, all sure of those mu- You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure. Yeah, no, you need time the for perfect- the dancers need to rest and the singers need to not talk for a while. So here comes Jeff. And- <laughs> well, and it's also perfect for like this, like you were saying, the high school musical kid who like right. wants to be in the background, right. like having his own scene. Or he can act, but he can't sing. Or he yeah. can't sing as well. And so, yeah, yeah you give him that part. Because mm-hmm. you've done My Fair Lady already. Where you've done your big musical lead where the person can't sing. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> What's your favorite song? I think my favorite song is uh, My Mother's Wedding Day. That'd be, yeah, that'd be top two for me. It's, I mean, I, I, I like, yeah, that's got a really fun ending to it. a good one. It. Yeah. I think I like The Love of My Life better, but that's. The Love of My Life. Which one is that one? That's her first one. Oh, her one. first one. That yeah. one's funny. Yeah. That one's really funny. I, the, the thing They're about. They're the two best songs. I'll tell you that though, Mother's Wedding Day has a better ending as a mm-hmm. joke song because mm-hmm. you get the bit of The Love of My Life. Though I like yeah. the fact 
the thing he does really well in in both of those songs is he does kind of quickly subvert your expectations a little bit. Mm-hmm. So like in the first verse of Love of My Life, like she kind of gets tricked into sleeping with this guy. But in the second one, she does it on purpose and he's no good. Right. It, that's really right. funny. Like the, now she knows the difference. Like it's a really like, yeah. it's a fun. Yeah. They're not all the same. They're no. they're all different options. And one is a, leaves are kind of my mistake. Yeah. It's a really, <laughs> like, she's had an interesting life. In yeah. Bracky, yeah. One day at a time. <laughs> A hundred years at a time every hundred years. Hundred years in she's, Scotland. She's gonna meet some guy from 1975 and be very happy. You know, this show's been done a lot. Yeah. And this production, so this recording, is what prompted the tour. That was what. So you were, you had said mm-hmm. before. I think I don't know oh. the recording yet. That this is the record the tour recording, uh-huh. and it was probably the, the definitely the one they were selling. But it was this did so well that they decided to do oh, a national that makes tour, sense. and so that's what in the in the early nineties. Hmm. Um, yeah, it opened on Broadway in forty seven, went to the West End, and then back to Broadway in fifty, Broadway in fifty seven, Broadway in sixty three, Broadway in eighty. Like it was mm-hmm. done a bunch, and it actually was done last year. I don't know if you knew mm-hmm. that in New mm-hmm. York. Um, mm-hmm. With Patrick Wilson and Kelly O'Hara and Asif Monvi. People like it. What can I say? Asif Monvi was Asif Monvi was Jeff. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Reinforcing the idea that Jeff is like, is comedic relief. Um, Stephanie J. Block Mm -hmm. played uh, Meg. You know, it's Mm -hmm. a, yeah. Yeah, you know. I don't have terrible taste. I didn't say you had terrible taste. You're very defensive. Um, I just said I don't like it. I don't, nothing wrong. You know, like what you like. Chase, chase your bliss. No, uh, I think there's a part of me that's like, ah. Uh, I... Well, because it's so, it is so of its time. Yeah. In in yeah. every way. And yeah. I get the, like, the instinct to be like, Brigadoon. You know, mm-hmm. like, what's your first? Brigadoon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Brigadoon. Right. What did you say? You know, it, it's, <laughs> but. You know, not everybody has to like rent. It's not, you know. There like, you go. Ugh, they... oh, that's not going to age well. I'm <laughs> it, sorry. It already hasn't. We, we've done that. <laughs> done it once already. I think we're doing it again soon. Like it's, yeah, it's, no. it's, uh, well, what are you going to do? Uh, <laughs> that's not this podcast. Um, I mean, I'm really glad I heard it. It's obviously a show that is very famous. It's a show that's kind of a, in Phineas Rainbow, get kind of stuck together. The, the, my best reference for it was in, actually you said Love Actually, I'll go to mm-hmm. another Richard Curtis script with uh, Four Weddings and a Funeral mm-hmm. where they go to the third wedding I believe and uh, it's in Scotland. Yeah. <laughs> they walk in and everybody's dancing and Simon Callow goes, it's bloody Brigadoon. Yeah, there you go. Like, now all, you know. Right, and it's really, now it's really funny <laughs> that he said that. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it is it is totally what it is what it is. You know what I mean? In that yeah. sort of, in that sense of like Golden Age musicals. Did you do you go to see a lot of dance? Uh, no, I don't. Yeah, uh, I am not unfamiliar with. Uh, well, I, first of all, right now I don't go to see a, a lot of anything. Well, yeah, that's fair. Um, but like, d- just even in your past history, I have yes. Well, I dated almost exclusively dancers in high school, oh. um, and uh, so <laughs> they were no threat to me. And so, from a career standpoint, so. Um, <laughs> So I have a working vocabulary of dance, mm-hmm. um, and we watch So You Think You Can Dance. Sure. Uh, so I know, I, I'm not unfamiliar with, I do. I have a, yeah. I'm an inf- I, I believe I'm an informed dance viewer, sure. if not a like edu- you know, highly educated one. I think, I think the thing that I just keep coming back to with this show is I think that you have to view it more from the, the dance standpoint than mm. the script standpoint in terms of, I think a lot of, people who say go to ballet a lot or go to modern dance are comfortable going 
and watching something for an hour that doesn't have a plot. Sure. That, that Or at least has a incongruous know, kind of simplicity. The right, plot is that, an excuse. That yeah. it, the plot isn't the point. The point is what you're looking at. And I think that in this case, it, it again goes back to that kind of an experience. It's closer to a ballet experience mm-hmm. than a, a play experience. And um, Sure. Yeah. That makes yeah. a lot of sense to me. Um, and like, and, th- and as I said, when we started, like there is the thing of like, it, it feels unfair to judge mm-hmm. in a lot of ways because this show being dance heavy and you kind of really get the sense of it. Um, listening to this complete recording with mm-hmm. the like number of, uh, just no singing. Of happening. No just... Singing, yeah. <laughs> just like uh, of everything. It, it, it's, uh, it, it feels like it, I, I. It feels unfair to judge it on that level because it is. Des- it deserves to be seen, and like the music is. You know, the dance music is, is. Is is well, some of it's great, and some of it I don't care for. But <laughs> you know what I mean. Like it feels yeah. very unfair to kind of judge it on any yeah. level, having not seen it. I think I was just thinking about like there's a moment um, in the this the song "Genie's Packing Up" mm-hmm. from from like a song standpoint. Not a song you want to just listen to. It's the kind of song that like your kid really loves and sings all the time, and it's just so repetitive and it's gonna make you crazy. It's mm-hmm. just genie's packing up, genie's moving out over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. That's the entire song. That's right. all they sing. Um, and then right at and the whole scene of it is everyone packing up her stuff from her childhood home mm-hmm. to move to her new married home. And the very end of it, they just shut this big trunk. And the moment of the shutting of the trunk and the physical sort of finality of that Having feeling, put everything that together. tells more of a story than the entire song does. And and I mm. think that that's that's what I keep coming back to is like that f- the feeling you get from the trunk shutting. Mm-hmm. That's the play more than the words "genies packing up, genies moving out" sure. over and over and over again. That makes sense to me. So the the expression being, and you said you said this before, but like the expression being more in the, the dance, right? That it's not about or... like okay, yeah, like she's packing up, she's going to somebody else's house. It's not really about that. It's about giving up your old life and having a new life, and it 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 gives room. And maybe what you're talking about before is that can be problematic of like opening up this the scope of what we're talking about mm-hmm. into sort of like bigger themes of what does it mean to be getting married and what does it mean to be growing up and all of that rather than just, okay, the in the plot, we're getting ready for the wedding, which right. is sort of boring. This is a lot of fun. But thank you for I'm doing so this. Glad. I'm so glad Thanks you had such a great, me. like hard and fast reason why you made the show because <laughs> I was one. so confused. Well, I'm not, a, you know, I'm not a musical right. actor, so I can, I can die you on did the hill of a weird musical. Instantly, I, you had the experience I've had a, a lot of times that when you like, when I said, will you do the show? You're like, yes, we're doing Brigadoon. And this recording, you were very like, the 91 recording of Brigadoon. Well, I kind of thought that was a prerogative, like that was a prerequisite for being on your show is that you had to have a specific recording that... Which happens everybody to be does, my but not case. everybody does, but not everybody knows exactly what it is. Well, that was I, my dad. I, yeah, I well, mean, you have the like, you're like, he's the, the one next the time studio recording. Yeah, he's probably been rolling his eyes the whole time because there's so many wonderful arguments that he's, sure. he's a good apologist. He I'll tell you what, really if you're this. if and when your next time your dad comes to DC, <laughs> yeah, he is we'll welcome. He can come, he can talk about a different show, or he can he can fight with All me right. about Brigadoon. Yes. I am super excited. Do you have anything you can? 
plug for the the crowd? No, I'm getting a, a no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> then we won't play that, and that'll be fine. We'll just move right on. I was like, oh, that's um, the part. Because you're not gonna... really on the internet either, are you? On the internet? What yeah. do you mean on the are internet? Are you on the in the Twitter or the no. on the Instagram? No. You're on Instagram. I'm on Instagram, yeah. but it's mostly just the back of my kid's head. <laughs> Because I don't That's show his Emma face. Emma Kate Jackson, care of <laughs> <laughs> P.O. Box. <laughs> I mean, I she likes Brigadoon and snail mail. That's what I she... do <laughs> in tea parties. <laughs> you think I'm joking? But I I'm don't. Not. No, I I love a good cucumber sandwich. This is this is the world I grew up in. It's like sitting around reading novels aloud. <laughs> Jane Austen style. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh totally. <laughs> That's my life. The original cast is produced and edited by me, Patrick Flynn. The original cast is on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at OriginalCastPod. You can follow me on Twitter at UnknownPenguin. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts from the convenience of your iPhone and or check out the original cast on Stitcher if that's how you get down. Well, thanks to Emma Jackson for coming down and talking to me today. I'm Patrick Flynn, and I can't. I have rehearsal. And someday again I will. <laughs> we got you.